Welcome to the Family Biz Show, where we dive deep into the fascinating world of family-owned businesses. I'm your host, Michael Columbus, and in each episode, we'll bring you inspiring stories, practical insights, and expert advice from successful family business owners and industry thought leaders. Hidden in this grandparent-grandchild philanthropy and in the process is actually young children learning to ask for something in a very safe environment. This is step-by-step, paint-by-numbers, Get your strategy mapped out system. Join us on this journey as we uncover the unique challenges and opportunities of running a family business. The best part about it is that the guys in the field didn't treat me as the owner's son. I was just another guy. But I think what's super unique about our story, we lost the business and we got it back. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's dive right into the next episode of The Family Biz Show. Well, welcome everybody to the Family Biz Show. I am your host, Michael Columbus, with Family Wealth and Legacy in Rochester, New York. And we have a incredible story and an incredible show for you today with Maureen Bellatori from Agency 29. Welcome, Maureen. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show, Michael. I appreciate it. We don't do a ton of, I think we've got one, maybe two episodes where we're talking about branding. I've got a bunch where we talk about strategy, but not so much on the branding side of things. So I'm really excited to bring in another episode about this because um, one, I want to I want to hear about your background and how you got to where, you, where you're going. But I think for our people to realize that, you know, some some people might know Maureen Bellatori as 29 Design Studio and not, you know, why the shift to, you know, to Agency 29. And it's for exactly the same reason as a lot of family businesses Mm-hmm. you know, might need to shift somewhere along the line as you're doing things. So welcome again. Um, let's talk about your journey into the world of branding and marketing and advertising and all the things that you do today. Um, tell us about it. Yeah. So I grew up on a dairy farm and so in upstate New York. And so I, I've always been connected to agriculture and never planned on doing that in my adult life, but I've always loved art and creativity, you know? So I, as I was going into college, I was seeking something that allowed me to kind of take the business interest that I had and merge it with art, because I really wasn't looking to be a fine artist and, you know, art, artistic creation for art's sake. While I admire that, it really wasn't, I wanted something more purposeful and useful. I'm a pretty, you know, pragmatic person. I I like function. Um, And branding just turned out to be the area where I could see a lot of value in the artistic creation of an identity and a brand and the story of what it stands for. And the create, the creative execution from that standpoint with a true business sense of impact of how are people connecting to your business in general. So I went to school for graphic design and illustration at Nazareth University um, in Rochester, which is what brought me into the into Rochester and the creative space here. Um, and I graduated in 2008. It was a huge economic downturn. No one was hiring anyone at that time, really similar to the grads from 2020. Um, And so I started a freelancing side venture called 29 Design Studio um, and ran that as a a freelance side project while I worked full time uh, for 10 years. Okay. So um, 
seven years ago, eight years ago, I took the business full-time. I took the leap. I left my full-time job. I had been working in professional services and I decided this is the time um, to do it. And so I took that leap um, and we stayed as 29 Design Studio for a long time, um, but really focused on honing our services, scaling the team, honing in who we wanted to work with and why. And landed, that landed us at food, beverage, and agriculture because of my personal background in agriculture. My husband was a fine dining chef um, who moved into then food manufacturing. I found that fascinating when you think about function, right, in terms of creating something that comes out of a brand. Um, but I always loved the agricultural aspect of it too. So um 29 Design Studio existed, uh, honed in in 2020 down to Food Bev and Ag. And then as we continued to grow and scale, we realized that we were not the freelancing design studio that we always were. And so after much deliberation and internal work and strategic planning on our part, um, our evolution of that identity um, is Agency 29. Congratulations. Now I want to I want to dive into what you're talking about because you just said, you know, pretty much 20 some odd years in four minutes. And I, I want to make sure people don't miss mm -hmm. some of the things that were important that I heard in there and feel free to, you know, chime in at any time. It started off as a side gig. Right. Okay. And you grew that into your full-time position, your full-time job with employees. Right. Yep. We now, we have a team of 10 now. Okay. Yep. And that's wicked cool. Um, but on top of that, when you started, and, you know, even going back to when you were freelance, mm -hmm. who would you talk to? Excellent question. So I hope it's not revealing too much. You and I were talking earlier about coaching and the importance of that. I can't emphasize how important it's been in my career to be able to lean on coaches. And so I've engaged executive leadership coaches. I've engaged business coaches, um, various folks to help me through what was holding me back at the time. So my first coach I engaged, I've always had mentors, right? Folks that I could call on peers in the industry to kind of tap for different areas where I needed support. I remember when I was taking the when I was leaving my full-time job and taking the company full-time and planning to make my all my money yep. from this, what used to be this little freelancing side project, I called another agency owner who owned a firm in Rochester. And I said, what do I need to know here? I, this is what I'm going to do. I'm taking this full-time. And his advice was being aware of your shortfalls, right? What is the biggest area of opportunity for growth that you have? And for me at the time, it was sales. I said, I don't know how to bring in new folks to this agency, you know, and he said, then that's the thing to focus on. And that was great advice. And so I've had a number of coaches over the years that have helped me hone different aspects of the business. Great. Talk about um, clients for, for a second. When you first began, what was your, you know, what was a typical client for you? Mm. You know, did you have, you know, you, you, you today you're in food, beverage and ag, what was the what was the core customer when you started? Um, so when I first started, it was a lot of folks like me. It was it was people who had a side project that they wanted a logo for, or they needed 
business cards or a rack card brochure or something like that. That was simple work that I would do my first logo design project I did for a hundred bucks. <laughs> We've got a couple extra zeros at the end of that now, which is great, you know, right. but we also understand more of the layers of impact that work like that has. And then, and then through the years, you started developing a reputation. Mm -hmm. You're building your business. What, what types of work were you doing? You know, let's say in the, in, before you, before you honed in on food, mm -hmm. you know, it, what, 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 what was the mix like at, you know, back in the day? Yeah. So I would say at that time, which let's call it three to five years ago, we were a general services firm um, that offered branding work. I don't think we were doing, a, we were doing some strategy at the time, although not a lot of strategy. Most of our strategy now is in brand strategy and, you know, who is your customer? How do you find them? That kind of thing. Um, whereas at the time, I think our strategy work was, was very light, very simple, you know, marketing plan kind of thing. Um, and we were doing a, still a lot of graphic design work, you know, ad advertisements for newspapers and a lot of brochures, my bread and butter at the time, you know, especially on the longer side, five, six, seven years ago, I did a lot of annual reports. And oh, I loved those because it was taking a lot of really complex information and figuring out how to organize it in a way that the customer would understand the reader would be able to be guided through a story. And so I loved that. And I think that that did kind of start to plant the seeds of what we're doing now in brand development work, right? Where instead of taking a bunch of complex information that is content for a brochure and organizing it in a way that a user can understand, we're taking a complex story of a brand and their history and where they're trying to go and taking that timeline and projecting into the future to say, these are the, the different puzzle pieces for you. And so there's some parallels there with what we used to do on the um, animal report side of things, but... And that's one of the reasons why people might be asking, why is Maureen on the show? She's not a family business. It's because of exactly what you just mm. said is, you know, you have these family businesses through the years that you have served. And, oh, yeah. And they might be second, third. You just talked mentioned before a 12th 12, generation family. Yep. business. Well, things change. Mm -hmm. And how do, you, how do you honor you know, the past and move to the future in what, you know, 2023 needs from a branding purpose. So do you mind, you know, sharing with us some of the stories um, how family businesses were able to make that shift with your help and to think through those pieces? Because I think oftentimes people don't really understand the power of branding. We're really good at getting yeah done we're really good at you know finding our niche in the work you know in the in the marketplace but what is what does brand mean and how do we make it come alive yeah really what i see brand doing best is helping get out the who you are what you do and why right and so the more you can do that more clearly more concisely the better your customer your potential customer your colleagues your industry connections strategic partners, 
the more you're able to clearly and succinctly explain that, the more other people are going to understand what you do and what they should call you for. So yes, we work with a lot of family businesses. So we work, we work with Fee Brothers, for example, they're a fifth generation owned um, brand based here in Rochester. They've been on the show. John's been on. Fun. Oh, great, great. Oh, I love them so much. And think, I mean, they're a fantastic client to visit and see their museum and talk about stories, right? Rich stories to tell. Everybody has them and family businesses have them more so. So yes, we just took on a 12th generation dairy um, in New York state as well. So it's even more important to lean into brand and strategy and storytelling and understanding the foundational work of who you are and where you're trying to go when you are a family business, because there's so much more, so many more layers to that story that you have to determine what do I want to carry on, right? What aspects of the story do I want to pull out from the generation that's moving on and carry through to the next generation that's coming up? And and how do you help, you know, how do you help somebody think through that? What do you, what, what is that, you know, yeah. What's, what are the important pieces for somebody to be thinking about? A lot of it is, I would say one of the, one of the places where clients sometimes need a little help thinking if they haven't been probed the question is what are you, what are your goals? Mm-hmm. What are you trying to do here? Right. Because I think sometimes with family businesses and the generations and the history that goes into it, there can be a bit of, we do what we always have done, right? 100%. So what we sometimes try to do is challenge the business, as the, the old regime and the new regime to both share their thoughts and perspectives on where you're trying to go. And then once everybody's on the same page about that, new incoming generation more so than the old one, right? Because somebody's, that's their vision for the future. You know, you've got to honor the past, but also project forward. Um, Once you have an understanding of what puzzle pieces are on the table, brand strategy and the brand across the board, right? Can help add clarity to that direction, give force to where a company is trying to go so that it's not just a plan in a document. It's the story that's told on your website. It's the way you're engaging in your emails with your customers. It's the, what goes on your sell sheet. It's what services that you provide. It's the way that you engage in your customer relationships. All of those things ladder up to brand and how you talk about yourself. Got it. Looking at your experience, is there a story that you wouldn't mind sharing with us of somebody who went through that process and maybe you can, and, and, and if you can't, that's fine. But to talk about the, you know, here's what they looked like when you came in and here's the mm-hmm. after, and here were the, the some of the p- things that we went through to help them get from point A to point B. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so the, one of the ones that comes to mind is a family business uh, based down in the Finger Lakes, their Billsboro Winery. So if you, if you haven't been there, fantastic stop along the Seneca Lake wine trail, um, husband and wife team, his grandfather taught him how to make wine. She runs the business. They're an excellent team. Um, and so we didn't come in and throw the baby out with the bathwater. 
we met with them and talked with them to understand what aspects of how you're presenting yourself are not resonating with the way that you would like to be perceived and how you want people to understand you. So from that, there were some, sometimes there's functional things as a part of those challenges. So the uh, logo that was on their wine bottles was, and that they were using in many places was the cross section of a grape. Okay. So that looks a lot like an amoeba. <laughs> it's a little muddy. It's kind of hard to tell what it is when you know what it is. It makes sense, but they were challenged with, you know, it wasn't immediately clear and they, so that was one challenge that is a technical execution of the brand, right? Then there were more non, non-tangical or tactical, you know, things that were part of that as well. So they had a very low, low key vibe there, right? It was very low laid back, you know, it was open to anybody kind of place. We'll teach you about wine or we'll cater to, you know, the experts as well. And all are welcome here kind of mentality that was reflected when you went on site, but it wasn't really projected when you visited their website and when, you know, you kind of engaged with them from the outside. So we helped them right-size that, right? So we didn't make major changes. We still kept the Billsboro of their typeface, for example, and we changed the cross-section of the grape to a quilted style. They have a barn quilt, you know, on the side of their barn. Um, version of the identity and helped update their, we overhauled their entire website to use more of that relaxed and laid back language that resonates with who they are at their core. Okay. So those are some of the examples of changes that can be made on brand that are micro adjustments that make a big difference in how you're engaging and connecting with your ideal customer that does not necessarily mean we took everything that you have, we threw it out the window and then started fresh, right? So I would say more often than not, that's what we're doing. We're taking an existing brand and we're elevating it and we're right-sizing it to be aligned with the customer that you're trying to reach more so than a total rebrand, name change, logo change all across the board. Got it. Has there been, as you're saying that, understanding that that's probably 70, 80% of the time, 90% of the time, that's what you're doing. Is there a story where you did have to go in and, oh my goodness, we totally rebranded everything. Yeah, I'm trying to think who comes to mind for that. I mean, the most immediate example is ourselves, right? Right changing from 29 design studio to agency 29. There were a lot of factors that went into that decision, right? What name should it be? Is this the right path? Are we making, or are we going to confuse everyone with this change? And ultimately it came down to the benefits. We felt strongly at our core that the benefits outweighed the drawbacks of making a major change like that. And the clarity that our customer was going to have is in agency 29 is going to allow us to go further with the customer that we're trying to support. Got it. What about for, you know, upstate New York and in the food and beverage 
agriculture industry, there are there are brand new products coming out. There are brand new brands mm-hmm. that are happening today. Mm-hmm. Are, have you been involved in any of those kind that type of work? Yeah, we do a fair amount of family of brands work and also helping agriculture focused companies launch new products. And specifically, there's some grant funding available to do that. USDA has some value-added processing grants available for agriculture businesses that will help fund um, making it possible for them to, you know, add some longevity and shelf stable, um, you know, timeline to their agricultural products, which helps them diversify, you know, their revenue and make them more secure for the future. You know, it's an excellent program. So I would say more so we're doing family of brand work where it's a farm that is creating a new line of products. What do we call it? How do we position it? Or we want to take, and there's a couple that I've got in the pipeline that unfortunately I can't share the stories yet, um, but that, you know, they've got like a core line of products and they want to sort of sidestep into something else that's kind of a brand extension without losing the traction that they've already gained in their current line of products. That's another example where we'll kind of help them with what should you call this? How do we make this look similar to the current line of products without changing too much, but making it clear to the consumer when they're looking at your line of products on shelf, that this one is different from that one. Um, And a lot of also packaging work, you know, we're doing for food and bev too, that uses color theory to help differentiate different, you know, flavors and that kind of thing. We're doing a lot of that as well. Interesting. All right. So you just said words that 90% of us don't understand. What was it? Color theory. Color theory. Give us, give us a little, what is color theory? Sure. So with that, you know, we're using another term that is probably equally as confusing color language, right? So when you think about, I always, I try to like pull examples that are at my fingertips, but I have nothing right now. When you um, when you go to buy your favorite pasta sauce, right? You are used to looking for the bottle with the red logo and the I like the blue one, right? Because that is the traditional sauce or whatever it is. So that color language is what communicates to the customer that this product, my logo is red and this label is has touches of blue on it compared to this one has touches of green on it, help that customer when they're in the grocery store and they're grabbing for a product to immediately be able to hear color language, right? What this is mine. This is the one that I like. Okay. The the way that I have been, I have talked about this before and I was taught was when you're designing your product or your service, you want to make sure that it fits on the same shelf as everything else. Mm. but stands out. Exactly. I was hoping and, that's where you were going with that. Yeah. And and, and, and and the way you just talked about it, that's called color language. Makes yeah. perfectly good sense. You know, you do not want to package your sauce to look like an oil can. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I will also say that there are times where you can have a lot of fun with that. So um, there's a line of hot sauces called General Something that puts it in, they, they make a custom glass bottle for okay. the hot sauce that's shaped like a grenade. 
Oh, geez. So the beautiful thing about that is they are different, right, from everything else on the shelf. Everything else in the hot sauce aisle is generally, you know, a squat bottle. Or, you know, you can I know exactly it. what it looks like. Sure. Right. They're generally all packaged the same. So when it when you see one that's shaped like a grenade, that is an example of how brand story can help be brought into the entire strategy of a brand. What is the, is it worth investing in getting a custom bottle shape made for my hot sauce? Or, you know, we're working on a water right now that's coming on the market. When you think about highly competitive products, water, right? I mean, something you can get for free, but is a, a, in some cases, right? If people are lucky enough to have access to clean, fresh water, Um, but in other cases, there's a lot of instances where there's high competition in the water category. So you have to kind of determine is the investment in this thing, whether it's brand or bottle shape or, you know, the packaging identity for the labels, right? All of that, that's going to pay off in terms of alignment with my customer and them being able to find me more easily and me stand out. And, you know, that grenade hot sauce company is highly giftable, right? So they can now go after gift sites and have, you know, locations in terms of online or brick and mortar stores and have a whole different channel and ability to stand out because they went down the rabbit hole with that shape. And so there's lots of ways that you can stand out as a brand in the execution of those tactics. Interesting. And so now we're getting maybe a little above my pay grade when you say, what did you bring you in for, you know, is to, to help you think through all of these pieces. Right. Um, and honestly, I want to say one more thing about that too, Michael, and why it does relate so closely to the work that you do too, is because from a financial aspect, the business has to be able to project, right? At least with good in, you know, to feel good about that investment, to believe that it's going to pay off because I will never promise a brand, you know, that factors change, pandemics happen, right? You never know. I will never make a promise to a brand that you invest in this specially shaped bottle that it's going to yield 10X in a result because you just don't don't know. But working with someone like you, you can help them understand, okay, what is the cost of getting a custom mold for this? And what additional channels of sales opportunities is that going to open up for you? And if you reasonably project that you've got 10 new sales channels as a result of this investment, the numbers shake out like this. And so even if you hit 80%, you're still looking good. So that's why partnerships with you know folks like me and folks like you are all really important for all types of businesses, but especially family businesses where you've got multiple opinions in there and you need that justification too of, is this the right move? Love it. Okay. Let's talk about um, agency. Agency 29. Mm -hmm. So it, it makes perfectly good sense now. You know, 29 Design Studio. Sounds like we are a graphic design house. We will help you with all of those pieces. Right. When you say agency, now we've added in services. So since you know, since you started twenty nine, yeah, twenty nine Design Studio, what are some of the services? What are some of the things that you know beyond the world of branding? What else are you doing for 
family-owned businesses that they ought to be able to know about. They should know about. Yes. Uh, uh, we do a lot of strategy. So, and it's similar in the, to you that the sense that we're both doing strategy work, ours is brand focused strategy work, right? So, um, in that vein, it can be how, again, how do we talk about who we are? How do we articulate, um, you know, what is going to resonate with our customer? Who is that customer? What does the competitive landscape look like? So that's all under that kind of brand strategy umbrella. One that we're often also asked to do is a mess. We call it a messaging platform. So that's messaging strategy work. How do I talk about understanding who I am? How do I talk about that? What is the content that goes on my website and on my sell sheets and in my radio ad because I reach farmers with radio ads, right? Um, so it can be, uh, those are some examples of strategy. Um, we also venture into marketing strategy work as well. What kind of channels should I be utilizing to get the word out about who I am and what I do now that I have a clear understanding of what that is? And then the identity work, right? The brand identity work that we've we've talked about pretty extensively here in terms of logo, packaging, that sort of thing. Um, we do a fair amount of websites as well. Um, and then we do some ongoing marketing. Um, at these days, in terms of, you know, you're asking about like what's changed and honed as we've continued to grow, um, we are pretty selective about the types of marketing retainer engagements that we take on on an ongoing basis because we really want to work with folks who come to us at the strategy point that we can help hone all the way through so that by the time we get to marketing we both know who each other is right you know how we work we know how you like to tell your story and so we can then pretty simply in the grand scheme of things right run your social media channels, send your emails, you know, put campaigns together, that kind of thing. Not to say that we don't in rare circumstances also work with, you know, others that are just coming in, Hey, I need support with a campaign. You know, can you make it work? We'll do that, that sort of thing on an ongoing basis on occasion, but most of the time that strategy brand building refinement, and then ongoing marketing is our typical engagement these days. Okay. So I told you before we started that we have just been going through creating our new strategy and putting yeah. together. So I want to drop a few words and a few things for you just to see, you know, get, get your feedback. Great. Um, so one, you know, all of the people that we serve, they're, they're looking to grow their revenue, grow their profit, grow the value of the business, mm -hmm. or they're dealing with people problems and they need to get through those things. So that's, you know, we call our core customer Curious George. Okay. George is, you know, the 55 to 75 year old business owner. They're the type A personality. They got the stuff done and they might be second generation even and, you know, or third generation, but they're still in that mode of getting yep. done. And yep. so story short, um, we they're, but they're curious to say, I'm open to learning more. They're not mm -hmm. just, they're not just, it's my way or the highway. Mm -hmm. They are looking for it. They're tired of being the CEO and they want to be the CEO. And <laughs> they need to make that shift from everything's on their shoulders to, you know, developing a full team. Yeah. So we have, we create, and I've heard this and you're, you're going to, I, I know, I'm, I'll be surprised if you don't love this. So we, um, visual hammers. And so we're big giant. I, and I can't remember who I got that from. I want to say 
trout it was some branding guy and his daughter came out with it and i don't remember who it was but they the 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 visual hammer we have um one for leadership you know ceo and leadership team development we have one for uh, creating a culture of accountability mm-hmm. one for for creating company uh, culture and one for strategy okay uh, just recently you saw my one for strategy it came mm-hmm. from that, that blog post that I did about my crazy socks. Oh yes, that's right. And so when we're talking about crazy, you know, when we're talking about strategy, we're going to be talking about don't be a beige sock company. Yeah, and right. So yes, the whole logo and a visual hammer for that, based off of that story. So each of these different things, as we're telling the story to social media and putting those pieces out mm-hmm. there, we can drip on that mm-hmm. and. You know, mine came from a lot, I mean, years, probably years of me festering with these things and and putting it together. And then we interviewed a lot of CEOs to figure out what we need to do to get there. I love what you're doing. Um, And and the, the, the name change is gigantic. And I know that, you know. Big deal. 29 Design Studio is your baby. So yeah. Take your baby and say, Ooh, we're going to change you. You know, she's just graduating from college. You know, she's, yeah, she's just growing up a little bit. But the other thing I want to reflect back to you too, that you just said is the changes that you're making in your business and the reasons why you're doing them are because you took the time to step back, right. And reflect on what was working, what were your customers asking for when they came to you, what are the challenges that they're facing? And you took you take in all of that information and you kind of let it marinate and reflect on what what should I do? What do I want to do with this information? And then you make decisions and determinations from there. And so in terms of actionable information that your listeners can take away from this, that is a, a great one that I often tell colleagues and folks that I'm working with the importance of reflection. Awesome. I, I think it's so important. I want to give um, credit to the um, person who created visual hammer um, mm-hmm. and, and make sure that I don't do that. And well, come on, Al Rice, um, R-I-E-S was, is her father, um, okay. Laura Rice, who came up with the visual hammer. And when I read that book and it's this white hammer with all kinds of logos on it, And then a red head on it. When I read that, I'm like, I want a visual hammer someday. Mm. So it was when we were doing this rebranding, it's not about my logo being the visual hammer. It's all these things that are the keys to running a successful business and, and, and making that transition. And so each one of the social media posts will have, you know, the different visual hammers on what we're teaching. Mm -hmm. So which all letters up to the brand, right? That's who you are and why you do it and who you serve. And all of those things are elements of your brand. Yeah. When we talk about strategy work, one of the things, so I don't do what you do. And that, right. that's well, let me make sure people understand that. Right. There is an intersection between what we do. I, I help, I, I do two things when we're building strategy or three things. One is that core customer work, which yep. we 
do that work and that's you know fun it's really cool and you know, like i said i name them and i love it when companies name who their core customer is and you should only have one or maybe two core customers yep um and then we do market mapping so mm -hmm. you can see the whole arena and and we want not just your customers but everybody you know all the customers that are out there yep. and all of the suppliers and i know that's a lot of the work that you do as well mm -hmm. um on the strategy piece my favorite part is going through and looking at in your industry mm -hmm. what are all the different attributes of the industry not so much mm. you know like like pricing is usually one of the attributes sure it might be you know 24 hour service or, or no 24 hour service. You know, I see what are the common factors for the industry, things that are happening. And, yep. Gotcha. So we try to get 12 or 15 of those. Yep. And we map out where you are today. Mm -hmm. We have a way of mapping out the competition against that. Mm -hmm. And there's a special unique way that we lay it overlay that. And then all we're looking for is white space. Mm -hmm. where yeah. is the, where where isn't there competition in yeah. areas of attributes in that marketplace that make a difference for them so that we can help them to compete to be unique mm -hmm. and not just the best and that they don't have to do everything on that list right so how do you how do you work with a company to help them determine that for themselves right so you've got these 15 factors that are kind of industry standard of well I've got to have 24 hour service and I've got to have this 15 things. How do you help them determine which ones are right for them that are going to help them stand out and fit into that, find that white space? Right. It, it's going back and looking at that core customer and say, mm. what do they want? Right. And let me rephrase that. It is not what they want. I said that I misspoke. What do they need? Yeah. You have to need it and you have to be able to solve that problem with those things. Mm -hmm. And then what one of the, so like you would come in then and take those pieces that we just put together and help create the brand story, the, the everything around those pieces. Yeah. And then we create swim lanes and what we'll do. And, and I think mm -hmm. my favorite is Southwest airlines, mm -hmm. Southwest airlines. If you think about them, you can tell their story and they've got probably five or three or four really core things that they do differently. Mm -hmm. That's five free. We're going to have fun on the flight. Yep. Uh, we we load our passengers differently, mm -hmm. and that was, and we don't. We, you can't find us on the normal system. You've got to come to our website to, right. to do all these things. We fly point to point. We only fly seven thirty sevens, and so yep. all these different attributes of their industry. Mm -hmm. And um, if you look at, they tie them all together. They're interdependent mm -hmm. entities. And but then so we create swim lanes of the three to five different activities that you're going to do differently and figure out, OK, mm -hmm. what are we doing next to make that even stronger and keep flexing that muscle so that love that when you put it all together, you create this little secret sauce. Right. No one can compete with. Right. Because yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I thought I would share that with you because that's something different. But again, I go back to then take all of that. And we will have, we're going to have to do this with some of our, you know, a joint client one of these days. Yeah. And we'll create this wonderful, unique strategy. And then we'll be like, now we got to go see Maureen and turn this into. <laughs> yeah. But I, so what I'm hearing you say is you kind of take those 12 things or 15 things or whatever it is and 
kind of start to ask some of the hard questions too of this is the industry standard, but what are some of the ways that we could do this differently? And so then those items of what those swim lanes are and what are the factors that you're doing differently ladder up again to who you are, who you serve, why they should care. What are What is the story that you're telling that's going to resonate with this customer and going to make them care about this swim lane, right? So that's how those things are so interconnected. And I think the other factor that's so essential, family business or not, is the ability to execute on those items as well, right? To take the abstract understanding of that swim lane, of that brand ladder, of that clarity of who you are and be able to disperse it in your day-to-day marketing, in the way that you answer the phone, in the time that it takes you to respond to an email, right? Those day-to-day belly up to the bar way that you come to the table are what make a difference in a company versus a brand too. And we call that, you want to get to the point where all of these swim lane activities, all these, Mm -hmm. you know, differentiating activities Mm -hmm. create brand promise. Yes. And and so when you have that brand brand promise and my, the famous one was, you know, Domino's will be there in 30 minutes or it's free. And that was a huge brand promise, but everything that they did Mm -hmm. on the production side, on the taking of the order side and everything they did had to interconnect to make that brand promise come true. Absolutely. So, yep. I, um, I I love talking about strategy and in the brand piece, it's taken me a long time to really understand the brand side of things. Mm -hmm. I I was, I was focused strategy, 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 but what, Mm. what learned through people like you and others is that, that, that brand is all of those pieces and then what is the visual component that ties it all together and makes yeah. you feel that? Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. In those min- those minor moments, right? In the major moments of where are you showing up and how, but in those small day-to-day pieces as well. Yeah. I'm going to ask you another question. Going back to, you know, we're talking about a lot of the positives, right? Of how people can work with you and work with me and our teams. What are some of the ways, challenges, right? Looking at the flip side of the coin, what are some of the ways that you see brands, companies, family businesses falling short? Mm, Good question. Well, I think number one, I think for on the family business side, the, the biggest mistake I think that they make is that they don't tell people that they're a family business. Mm. That is the biggest mistake. There's um, the Edelman trust factor or Edelman trust barometer is a a study that's done every single year. Hmm. And every single year, when you look at the trust barometer, it says family owned businesses have a seven to a 10 point more trust than a non-family business competitor. It's interesting. and that's for their consu- for their customer and for their employees. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I think the the flip of that though is the moment you start telling people th- that you're a family business, mm-hmm. they live up to it, and that means that means that now you're responsible for those core values that you say that you're doing. You better really mean that. They mean mm-hmm. have to, they have to have some teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. What about you? What do you, what do you, what do you see? I would say I, one of the common challenges I see when folks come to us before, not after, of course, they're clear as day after they leave, after they leave us, but um, is confusion, right? So they, I had a conversation with someone recently who said, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. I want to go in this direction. I want to do this thing. I want to do that. I see opportunity over here. I want to delegate to my team, but none of those things are happening, right? You're not able to, unless you are an expert delegator, you've got a team that can take things from you and run with them and get on board with your idea that, that it gets, it's challenging to get to that place and it can be done. But so I would say confusion over who you are and where you're going is the biggest issue that we abstractly, right? Help um, companies overcome. And so once you go through this deep work, right, the strategy work is deep work. When you do that deep thinking and reflection and set intention and add clarity to that direction, what happens? Brands are more successful. Companies are, are making more money because they're walking the walk, because they're living that promise, right? All of those things are coming to fruition because they are moving forward with direction and using that as their barometer for, is this the right decision for me? Is this the right hire for me? Is this the right new service channel for me? Because they have that to kind of benchmark it against. I love what you just said. And I, I, I say it the, the same, you said it way better than I'm going to say it, but I just use one word for it. Focus. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, and, and I say this because it was, that was 2023 when we sat down with the team to do our planning work for the year. And mm-hmm. we do it quarterly. We, it's not, it doesn't stop. We're always quarterly meetings to go through. What are we doing? You know, where are we at? What are we doing? But we do a, a two-day kickoff every year. And when we look at what our goal is for the year, we list the number one priority mm-hmm. that has to happen for the year in order for us to, to be successful. And, the, and our team came back and everyone on the team said the same thing. We need to finish our marketing and sales funnel. Mm-hmm. We need we need all the points to connect mm-hmm. so that, you know, all the, the messaging is right. And remember, we, we're changing, you know, yep. the messaging, we're putting the pieces together. I will tell you, that was the hardest thing for me to do this year. Mm. Because it was like, and I just, I just talked to my Vistage group and I shared with them. I'm like, you know, it was, it's a tortoise in here kind of feeling. I'm ready. I should be jumping out and doing all this stuff and and going with all of these, you know, pieces of the, the puzzle, but with the puzzle not being complete, it won't make sense. So I needed to slow down. Mm-hmm. One steady is going to win this race. Mm-hmm. And all right. So it took us a year instead of the six months that we were hoping mm-hmm. end up taking it. Right. But it's better that it's right. Yes. And in the, 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 the long-term scope of things, we are going to be much happier that we've got all of our marketing funnel built and done and everything fits. You know, if I start turning on that marketing and all those, I've, I've got 40 blog posts and about 200 different social media posts <laughs> ready to go. If I turn them on and the website doesn't have the message that aligns. Exactly. I totally hear you. We, we are in the thick of that right now. So by the time 
this podcast go li- goes live, we will have gone live with the Agency 29 brand. But in the moment right now, we're doing all of that building. And it is, it's painful. You know, we're writing the blog posts and updating the website and changing, you know, this and that. It's all of those little things. And then, but paying attention to those items as well, understanding where you're going, what that direction is, waiting until you have all of the pieces built out before you flip the switch is going to mean that it's going to resonate that much more with that customer that you're trying to reach because it's all aligned. So, yeah. I'm going to share something with you. This is totally off the topic, but totally relevant. Okay. Have you ever heard of the five F's? You know, I I, know. People talk about the five F's, faith, family. Mm, I have heard this. Okay. Fun, fulfillment, um, finances, and fitness. Okay. Yep. There's- yep. And I, so I, I coined this as I was, as I was looking at the, what I did with the business group, it's not the five F's, it's the six F's. Okay. And the six F is focus. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if you don't focus on your family, mm-hmm. you work too much. If you mm-hmm. don't focus on your finances, the, you know, so you, you need to, and, and, and at different times in our lives, we need to focus at different things, right? Sometimes you're trying to balance and they compete with each other, but you have to remember that whatever you don't, unless you focus on it, it doesn't happen, which exactly. is exactly all of this for the family businesses. Yeah. Yeah. So do you follow, you mentioned that you do your annual goal setting and then you're doing quarterly as well. So you set your annual kind of vision and then you're meeting quarterly. Do you use a framework for that? Like we do, we recently shifted over to the 12 week year. Okay. So that moving from an annual goal setting of, oh, we'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there. And then we would get to the end of the year. We weren't terribly far off of the goal, but we didn't hit it for the yeah. last couple of years, right? Well, in terms of financial goals or whatever. So that shift for me to 12 week year and looking quarterly has made a huge difference. Great. Um, the answer is yes. We we coach a program called Metronomics. So we utilize Metronomics okay. internally. Gotcha. If you, if you, you, you've heard, you might've heard of scaling up. You might've heard of EOS. Yep. yep. Okay. I follow EOS as well. So 12 week year and I love EOS. So EOS does a really great job of implementation and execution. Mm-hmm. That's what their their framework is. We take, so all of these programs, for the most part, they came from Vern Harnish's Scaling Up and Mastering the Rockefeller Habits. Most people don't know that. Mm. So you know Wickman was a former Scaling Up coach. Oh, interesting. I did not yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shannon um, Susco, who's the founder of Metronomics, was a former Scaling Up coach. And they all just kind of, you know, Gino said, I'm going to simplify this for the businesses that are doing under $10 million because all they really need to focus on is getting stuff done and executing. And mm. Shannon was focused on startups that were trying to sell. And so if you're trying to sell, you're trying to get to multi-multi-millions mm-hmm. and as quick as you possibly could. Trying to sell as in take the business to acquisition? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. So it wasn't, we. she wasn't even thinking about under 10 million. She was thinking way past 10 million. Interesting. But, and so hers was very, very strategy rich. So when you heard me talking strategy, I could, you know, you're nodding your head going, oh yeah, that, that's really cool. I like what he's thinking about. And you, yeah. So that's where that came from. Great. We went through and did our um, uh, attributes map 
Mm-hmm. You know, we had to look at things like, of course, if you know, because we're wealth advisors, you want the tax planning, you want the investments, you want that stuff. And we had to look at and say, at what level is do you need to be at at each of these different attributes? And so, like for us, some of the attributes that we really decided to push into the white space were how do we show up for the family? What are we doing to yeah. strengthen? Strengthen the family and the businesses that we serve. Mm-hmm. We use metronomics to strengthen the business. We use total family management and family meetings and our understanding of family dynamics to help strengthen the family. And when you put those pieces together, it helps with the legacy. But it was like that right. way. There was other business coaches out there. There's other wealth advisors out there, but there wasn't a lot of people working in that space where they did all of those things. And yeah, I right. I don't have to have a degree in psychology to be able to run a family meeting. I just need right. to make, you know, so right. I love what you're doing. If you're sitting in a room full of family businesses right now, mm-hmm. what are the three questions that they should be asking themselves to think about their future? Well, the first one that comes to mind, I would say for the family to all talk about where they're going and get on the same page about that. So what do we want this to look like for the next generation to come in? So if we're talking to generation two, who's transitioning to three, I would be talking about what do we want this to look like for gen four to come in, right? So Mm -hmm. clarity on that direction. I would say another good question is what kind of resources do we want to allocate to making this happen because some, some folks just don't want to invest, right? They don't feel comfortable. They want to, they feel, they don't want to add fuel to the fire. They just want to go with a slow and steady and make micro changes along the way. And there's nothing wrong with that. Others want to throw money at it so they can go really, really fast. They want the Ferrari, right? So the, both of those approaches are totally fine. And that it comes down to resources, how much time, energy, and effort and money do we want to put into this to make it go, to move the car, right? And a car is probably a good analogy for many reasons. Third is, I would say, how are we gonna communicate and get on the same page about communication, which I firmly believe is the strongest area of foundational work that any person can do. Talk about those five Fs, you know, communication is a pillar that relates to all of those. You could be To be a great communicator means conflict resolution, with your team, with your spouse, with your children, with your parents, you know, all of those. So understanding how you're going to communicate and bring opportunities to the table, bring challenges to the table, bring difficult conversations up. If you can get everybody on the same page about how you're going to communicate, it makes the outcome of those much simpler. Love it. Um, you said something I want to make, I want to, I want to tie it in real quick and then we'll wrap but what you said is I want to know where am I, where I'm going. Yeah. And we were talking about the, the 12 week program or EO yep. and all those things. I'll share with you. One of the things that made a huge difference for us mm. is the setting of a 30 year goal. Okay. 10 is minimum. But mm-hmm. for me, I'm 55 years old. I'll be 56 in a couple of weeks. And a 10-year goal, most people are retiring at that time. So mm-hmm. I, as I was doing my design work, I found myself having one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake. Right. 
And so by setting, by moving the goal out to say, what are we going to look like 30 years from now when I'm not even here? Yep. And then pulling it back to the one year, mm-hmm. it really helped. It really helped to make sure that the direction was very, very clear. Yeah. And so I would, one, you do that for your families. What do you want to look like in the fourth generation? Right. I would throw to you, take your 12 week, that's fine, but get a really good BHAG that, that 10, 20, 30 yeah. for, for the agency 29. Yep. So when I'm not at the helm anymore, what is this going to look like? Right, right. And we've done some thinking around that in terms of in terms of what the future, but it's it is very hard to plan out that far, right? You know, of but you're right. Setting not it all comes down to it's focus. Not planning. It, it's not planning. All it is is a north star, mm-hmm. right? So you, you pull the bowstring back on that, you know, yeah. on the on, on the bow and arrow, yeah. and it just gives you something to shoot at. The odds right. of getting it because it's thirty years out. I don't know. You you might surpass it more than your wildest dreams, right? But at least you're going to get close, and it mm-hmm. helps. And it helps that three year and the one year goal setting. Yeah, tunes it up a little bit. That's what. Yeah, that's what, love that. Okay, Maureen Bellatori. Before we say goodbye, <laughs> is there any? How do people get a hold of you? Uh, so LinkedIn is honestly a, a, the best place. I am frequently putting information out there as as you are. I know that we're uh, you're in my feed often. I make a point to share value-added, valuable information um, on that platform. So that, that's the best place to stay in touch. Perfect. Maureen Bellatori, Agency 29. Thank you, thank you, thank you for a fabulous show. This was just a lot of information in a short period of time. Um, make sure you reach out to Maureen on LinkedIn and connect with her, just a rock star in the branding and strategy work. And just, you're not going to go wrong. Take a look at her portfolio of people that uh, she's worked with. Um, and Fee Brothers, Jonathan, ah, I love you. <laughs> um, the, uh, my name's Michael Columbus. You've been listening to the, I'm with Family Wealth and Legacy in Rochester, New York. And you've been listening to the Family Biz Show Thank you, everybody, for joining us. And we really look forward to having you listen in on the next episode. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Family Biz Show. We hope you've gained valuable insights and practical tips for running a successful family business. Remember, managing a family business can be both rewarding and challenging. But with dedication, communication, and a clear vision, you can create a thriving enterprise that supports your family and community for generations to come. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and share it. We'd love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future episodes. Don't forget to follow Family Wealth and Legacy on LinkedIn and Facebook for more resources and updates on upcoming episodes. And most importantly, keep the conversation going within your own family business. Remember, you're not alone in this journey and we're here to support you every step of the way. Thank you again for tuning in to the Family Biz Show and we'll see you next time. content presented is for informational and educational purposes. The information covered and posted are views and opinions of the guests and not necessarily those of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. Michael Columbus is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker-dealer, member SIPC, and registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Financial Affiliates, 
and other fine companies. Family Wealth and Legacy LLC is not an affiliate of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.